0: It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. You don't get to celebrate test entries too much unless you're Steve Smith, so um, you're going to enjoy them when they come. SCG was where I grew up playing cricket for New South Wales. Um, and an Ashes century is something I wanted for a long time and haven't been able to achieve. So it was very satisfying and uh, it was a really good feeling. Because when I'm scoring runs, I'm elegant. And when I'm not scoring runs, I'm lazy. So can't seem to win when, when things aren't going well. So, but I've, I've had that throughout my whole career. You know, it's not like I'm going out there and not crying. It's disappointing to hear, but it's something that I've dealt with throughout my whole career. So when I play, nothing really changes for me. Um, I go out there trying to score runs every single time I get out there, trying to score centuries every single time I go out there and cricket the way it works usually is sometimes you score runs and sometimes you don't. Sometimes the game feels really simple and easy and other times it's it's a bit of a grind, so that's just the way it is.
2: Hi everyone and welcome to Cricket Unfiltered. This is our SCG day three wrap, and I'm thrilled to have with me Gideon Hay from the Australian. How are you, Gideon?
1: Not bad, thanks Andrew. Two, two days to go, it's yeah, the end of term
2: feeling. Yeah I've got the, I'm pretty excited about the cricket media dinner tonight, that's mm-hmm. my first one. What am I in store for? Uh, scenes of license and debauchery, beware. <laughs> I can't wait. So Australia have had a dominant day today, I think they scored two for 286 for the day. The, the big story is Usman Khawaja, a brilliant 171, so how did you see his innings?
1: Well, he did a lot of the hard work yesterday, and today was the was the payoff for him. Uh, he's had an inconclusive kind of series. He's got in at several stages and not been able to to cash in. But he was clearly determined to make not just a hundred, but a big hundred today. Perfect batting wicket, perfect conditions for him. I, I think England's attack is pretty callow and inexperienced, and you know, hasn't seen a lot of bowling on flat Australian wickets, and they struggled to keep things together today. Probably the only thing that saved England was that the outfield was pretty slow. Uh, could have been much worse for them. Uh, Kawaija played very fluently. He played the spinners probably as well as he ever has. They didn't get a lot of assistance, but, uh, but he had two spinners and he, and he played them both adeptly. And you know, he played until after tea. And uh, you know, if you get through that many sessions of a match, he's basically better for four
2: sessions. Uh, that's exactly the kind of job that you'd expect a number three to do. Yeah, it was an outstanding innings. And look, Usman for me, is one of the most refreshing Australian cricketers we've had in a while. He seems to have found a newfound sort of honesty and approach to cricket. He's very relaxed. He does stand out from this playing group with his sort of personality now. Well, sometimes, of course, the relaxation is construed
1: as a rather languid temperament, a guy who's not quite... Uh, always on the alert or not obviously an athlete in this, perhaps the same way as the uh, as the as the rest of his confederates but a lovely player you know a touch player a rather old-fashioned player in uh, in that respect not a player who's necessarily synonymous with the modern power game but the kind of guy who can cut you to pieces with you know, elegance cuts drives pulls um, a beautiful player to watch uh, and a left hand of course left hand is naturally seem to be gifted with an air of elegance
2: yeah and Steve Smith uh, out for 83 today fell short of Don Bradman's record of equaling ashes centuries in a summer I guess it just proves it is human don't worry there'll be another next best to Don Bradman
1: record but, coming along any moment now uh, didn't I I, I didn't think that he looked quite as um, as as convincing as he has earlier in the series um, he, he I had to criticise a man for making 83, but he didn't seem to achieve the same levels of fluence as he had in, in earlier test matches. He'd be tired, frankly, by this stage. He's done an awful lot of batting and an awful lot of captaining this summer. Uh, and this is a dead test even for Steve Smith. Uh, you know, He's accomplished the main um, uh, mission that he had at the start of the summer. Really, at this stage, he's, he's almost only playing for records. And I'm not sure that records on their own are sufficient of a stimulus for a player like Smith.
2: Yeah, now it was a pretty dull day until after tea and then we saw Sean Marsh really start to open up. He's 98, not out. Mitch Marsh made a pretty quick half-century there, both of them putting on over 100 together. I'm not sure how Jeff Marsh will sleep tonight with both his boys not out overnight. But I thought a, a good innings from Marsh, but there has to be question marks, Mitch Marsh, be question marks how he played Mason Crane early moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he was lucky to get in at the point where Mason Crane had bowled
1: you know, more than 30 overs in his first Test match uh, player who's probably not played all that many really long days and bowled that many really long spells. So he did look a little bit tentative at the start. There was one over, I think it was um, the 36th, where Crane beat him with an absolutely pinpoint perfect leg break with the Mm. first ball and then bowled a full toss and a half tracker, which of course Marsh, as you would expect, put away. By the same token, it's interesting that Marsh has played innings of 29 not out of 166 balls last week in Melbourne, and this time he's made 63 not out of 87 balls, responded perfectly to match situations in both cases, and I think shown a, a versatility that perhaps we wouldn't have previously credited him with.
2: Look, he's a smart cricketer. I mean, he was captain of the under nineteen side. So I think there is an underlying cricket intelligence there. It's just matching that with his ability and producing it on the field. Yeah, He'd be disappointed, I think, with his
1: lack of success with the ball. You know, he he was actually put into the team to add to to Smith's bowling options. And he hasn't broken through yet in this series. He's had very flat wickets to, uh, to bowl on. He's taken up a little bit of the bowling load, but he hasn't shouldered Perhaps the responsibilities in that respect that
2: were uh, expected of him. Yeah, I think his shoulder, speaking of shoulders, is not quite there yet. I think he's probably bowling fitness is not 100%. Well, probably over time, like
1: quite a lot of all batting all-rounders, the batting will, uh, will wax as the, as the, as the
2: bowling wanes. Mm. So Australia in front now by 133 runs. Is there a possibility we could see a four-day test Australia maybe back to lunch tomorrow and then roll England in the afternoon. Or do you think this English side will actually fight right to the end?
1: Well, I don't think this English side will capitulate as badly as the one here four years ago, who were beaten in three days and looked as though, you know, they were they were lucky to take that long. Frankly, uh, this is a, still a very flat wicket. Uh, None of the spinners has been particularly penetrative. Even Nathan nine bowled thirty-six overs for, uh, for for one wicket, so Australia will have to work for their wickets in the second innings. The, the fast bowlers will be feeling a lot of overs in their in their legs. But, you know, the possibility, that the incentive, the tremendous incentive for finishing the Test Match in four days is that you get an extra day off. And uh, frankly, everyone could do with one of those, even
2: the uh, cricket media. The English players might fancy a day at the beach uh, rather than batting out the day.
1: Well, actually, all of them have got something to prove, don't they? Um, mm. it, when you get into situations like this in a dead test, everyone has an individual point to prove, um, a career mark to, uh, to check off and, you know, James Vince, Mark Stoneman, they've looked OK at various stages this summer. They're still in search of a, of a definitive innings. There's all for them to play for tomorrow. Yeah, much
2: like Khawaja produced the definitive innings in this match. I guess um, Australia might get a bit of reverse swing on the last couple of days if Stark gets a bit of rough on the ball, and that could sort of break the game open. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think it, it could be a tough finish it could go into the fifth day but hopefully australia will get the victory and equal the four nil scoreline that, that i don't think we've seen in the nation since, since 1989
1: all right okay i'll take your word for that um they've had they've had some five nils in between times and uh and they've looked pretty conclusive And I think that is a fair reflection of the, not perhaps the man-for-man strength of these two sides, but the conviction with which the two teams have approached their task. You saw the difficulty today of England getting 20 wickets. That that prophecy was made at the start of the series, and it's it's well and truly come true. Uh, Once you eliminate Anderson, once Anderson is bowled out and to a lesser extent broad, then... It's very difficult for the, for the other bowlers to uh, to make an impact. They've got a lot of thinking to do before they come back here in four years' time.
2: Well, Gideon, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I've been reading your articles for years and years and years, so it's great to talk to you in person. And our listeners, we'll be back tomorrow with a fourth-day wrap. And tune in early because Shaw Marsh is 98 not out and on the verge of a test century. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, Andrew.